This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we'll come back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. 104th PGA Championship on right now, if you're interested in checking that out. The leaders will uh, tee off sometime in the 1 o'clock hour, but no Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods uh, has withdrawn. Uh, leg was bothering him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, American Will Zalatoris, back by three strokes. Mino Pereira leads at minus nine. Never won a major. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick at third. Again, you know, you're talking about no, not those needle movers in the PGA Championship, but it's a major, and it's always fun to watch. So I'll be glued in to that this afternoon, as well as the Kansas City Royals. Grant, you checking out golf today or no? We decide you're not doing it. I, I mean, probably not. Okay. Seems like kind of an afternoon nap kind of a day. But you'll watch the one NBA game today. I'll watch. I'll watch the one NBA game, man. I don't know. Golf just doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. Like, I don't know. No, I'm with you. I wonder what the uh, ratings will be without Tiger. Like, with, with, with Tiger withdrawing. I wonder. Like, I, I'm watching it right now here in in the studio. All right, I'm watching it too. I, I don't know any of these five names. Pereira, Fitzpatrick, Zal Torres, Young, Answer. I, I could not pick those people out of a lineup. The only name that I'm familiar with is Zal Torres. Yeah. Like, who are these people? Like, he finished second in the Masters a year ago. So, Will Zalatoris is a name that uh, people do uh, remember. No but, McElroy, no Dustin Johnson, no nobody. Yeah, it's not, again, there's not the needle movers. I don't think that people can really sink their teeth into and get excited about. And I think, you know, having Tiger Woods, if he was still in this, you know, even if he was just you know, in 20th place, 15th place, just so you could watch him, you know, in the morning, the 18 holes, you could watch the entire round for Tiger Woods. You might get excited about it. You might get excited about watching him. It might pique your interest, but I think, you know, if you want to know how much that guy means that sport, check out the ratings when he's in it and when he's not. Check out both of them because it makes a huge difference when Tiger Woods plays or not, because I think it does draw in the interest of you, Grant, it's a casual golf fan. You're not going to sit there and make an appointment television. But if Tiger Woods is involved in the tournament, I think you would have tuned in. I do. I think that's unlikely. Really? Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I kind of missed the boat on Tiger Woods. Hmm. I was 13 in 2009. Like I, I wasn't locked into golf as a kid. So like it doesn't I, intrigue you just the storyline with it or well, I Tiger, like I'm intrigued. Like I'll, I'll pay attention to what's happening. Like it was cool when he won that Masters after the long layoff, but I'm not I'm not like obsessed with what Tiger Woods is gonna do. Okay. I'm just curious. You did watch F one. 
Yeah, I like F one. It was in Spain today. You like F one, which is which is good. If you've always been a big race fan, because I know I'm trying to get you to NASCAR and. It's not working that well. I haven't always been a big race fan. I watched a little bit as a kid NASCAR with my dad. My dad was into it. We had NASCAR stuff all over. Um, but I kind of just got an F1 in college when I had some friends that were into it. So, so you, were, you were gone when the F1 was in Miami. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had that temporary track they put up, which is insane because it looked like, I mean, I can't believe they're taking that thing up. But, I mean, they have to, so to speak. But just the stars were that were at that just the people that want to get involved. Do you realize that that made more money for Stephen Ross, who owns the Dolphins, than a full season of Dolphins football, just that one F1 race? F1 races are nuts. I mean, that's a different level of money. It's, somehow it's even more than NFL stuff. And we thought NFL was just a free money printer. But F1 is, is a different level of rich and the teams that have to be there and the level of prestige and celebrity there. I think it's amazing how they move these cars around so fast in different parts of the country. It's not like they're just moving, you know, to a different track, you know, maybe 100 miles away or 200 miles away, even though the NASCAR does have the cross-country stuff. Surely Formula One does it, like, wholesale, right? Like, they'll put all the cars on one plane or whatever and ship them around? Or I, I don't know about I don't that. Know. I don't know about that. They, I don't, you can't put them all on one plane. I don't, I don't know how they do it. I, I'd be curious about the logistics of what that is, but... To make as much money on that, considering that the NFL prints money, do you think that Netflix series, if you watch that Netflix series on F1? Yeah. Because yeah. that's gotten a ton of credit for the popularity of the United States. I've seen some of it. I don't watch every episode or anything, but I'll if I've got a free hour or two, I'll watch it. Yeah. Do you ever see it expanding beyond where it is? Because it's in Miami. That's cool. It's at Coda, Circuit of the Americas, down in Texas. This is the two F1 races in the United States. Because they just had one that was Dakota. And then next year, Vegas enters the equation. We're part of the strips involved in it as well. Vegas can be a huge place for F1 as well. But do you see it growing in the United States even past that? Or do you think it'll be at three for a long time? I mean, I think there's a chance that Los Angeles could get one. I mean, it'd be fun to see them somehow involving the Rose Bowl or something weird. Um, but I don't really see anything much, much more than three or four. In 10 years, could you see it? getting so popular that it ends up in the Midwest. No. No, because they have they have so many other like they have to go to Saudi Arabia and they have to go to England and they have to go to It's not like a lot of spots Japan. like you're right. Like already America have, the United States having 3 is like kind of a lot. It is a lot. You need to go to one. I'd love to go to one. I'd love to try to find a, one to go to. Vegas. Yeah. That's where you should go. I'll go to Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. Okay, it's probably, or that or coded in Texas because Miami, I'm not going Miami, to Miami. Miami, yeah, yeah Miami would be fun, but it's pricey too. I'll go to Vegas or Vegas Coda. Would Coda would be cool. Yeah, or that would be. But I mentioned the uh, best offenses. NFL.com rated the 11, 11 best offenses this year, and you think, okay, where are the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, as far as the rankings of best offenses, and I think the Chiefs' offense remains one of the biggest uh, mysteries in the NFL. Because teams thought they had it figured out, and they did to a, to some extent with the two safeties, and you know they kind of slowed the Chiefs down after what the Buccaneers showed them in the Super Bowl to slow them down. But I think this is a different looking group, and I think the Chiefs are a mystery because even Mahomes, when we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, you know when the players were all speaking, he's not sure what to expect, how teams are going to play the Chiefs, and OTAs are coming up here soon. 
with the Kansas City Chiefs. As a matter of fact, May 25th and 26th, uh, the first OTA is concerned. But I, I think that uh, they're going to be a big mystery for teams how good they're going to be. And, you know, statistically last year, the Chiefs ended up more points per drive than any team in the NFL. So to me, that separates number one offense, number one defense. How many points are you either allowing or giving out or scoring on each drive? The Chiefs are number one in points per drive. They have the Buffalo Bills as the best offense in the NFL, followed by the Chargers. So two teams that are on the Chiefs' schedule, that's three games against them because the Chargers twice, the Bills once. Number three, they have the Cincinnati Bengals, another team the Chiefs play. So if you're thinking the Chiefs and gearing up for the defense. Number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. <laughs> Again, a team the Chiefs play. So the Chiefs are playing some of the best. Number five, the Los Angeles Rams. Well, Grant, it's another team the Chiefs play. <laughs> They're saying are some of the best. The Chiefs are going to see the best of the best when it comes off. This defense will be challenged. Like this Chiefs defense will be challenged. Number six, Kansas City Chiefs. So, But they talk about the wide receiver core looking a lot different on NFL.com, which it's going to look completely different. But the moral of the story is the five teams ahead of the Chiefs that they put as the best offenses in the NFL, all teams the Kansas City Chiefs play because they did a top 11. Finally, a team they don't play in the Green Bay Packers, the Cowboys, Saints. I don't know how you think of that Saints offense. The Vikings, come on. Then the Dolphins after that, I, I can't follow them on that. I can't follow the Vikings, one of the best offenses. Cowboys, they can. Vikings, no. Yeah, the Vikings thing would, unless they think Dalvin Cook's going to be amazing. And the Saints, no as well. The Saints, they must think Jameis Winston's just going to drop back and launch that thing. I mean, they're really putting their high stakes in Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. 4,800 yards or whatever. And Michael just, Thomas, which you never know what you're going to get from Michael Thomas. I mean, Jameis does love to air it out. No, he, he led the NFL in passing yards. Just, just chuck it around. Last year. Uh, year before that, but he led in interceptions as well, but... Remember he had LASIK? <laughs> LASIK was going to fix. At least we've got three names. We've got three competent pass catchers probably. And they got uh, the honey badge on defense. Jarvis Landry, by the way, did not have a good 40 times. If you're thinking about wide receivers of 40 times, because Justin Ross's 40 times has been brought up quite a bit. The 4.64 and 4.68, Jarvis Landry was actually worse than that. Arrowhead Pride ran a story earlier this week. Justin Ross, only four teams medically cleared him. That was it. Like, you think, they, why did the teams pass on him? Why did they, well, because nobody cleared him. <laughs> so the Chiefs are taking a chance. I love it. Because if it works out perfect, it's an undrafted free agent. They have zero to lose with him. Well, and don't, isn't this what you have to do if you're a contending team? Like, you have, you have to. to cut corners, or not cut corners necessarily, but you have to find inefficiencies where sometimes people are not taking advantage of it. So. Yeah, you have to do it. You if you take, felt comfortable with them. You yeah. have to take chances on that. But it is interesting to me that you look at that list and they're all teams the Chiefs play. The Chiefs are playing no jokes. Offensively, what they're playing is some of the best of the best. I mean, who's the worst team the Chiefs play this season? The worst team the Chiefs play this season. Um, there aren't. That's the thing is none of them just spring to mind as being terrible teams no I mean one team that a lot of people believe in and I don't necessarily do at this point because of the quarterback situation is Tennessee but they were the number one seed last year so I can't sit here and say that they're 
going to be the worst day team. I mean, I don't know. They start off playing Arizona, the Chargers. Jaguars. I guess the Jaguars. Colts, Bucks, Raiders, Bills, Niners, who won a couple playoff games. Titans. Jag- it's definitely the Jags. Jags, Seahawks. Te- or the Texans. Texans or Texans Jags. Are pick your bad. poison. That's true. So that's two out of the 17. Seahawks might be pretty bad. Colts aren't slam dunks. The Colts are going to be someone to watch, though, because I do think Matt Ryan's a definite upgrade over Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz kept them out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, but Matt Ryan from this year does not scare me nearly as much as he would from seven years ago. No, but he's, he's put a big numbers, but here's the thing with the Colts. It's funny because remember when Phillip Rivers was there the year before? Who then went on to coach high school football? But they got as much out of him as he could because they did make the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, and they lost to the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo. Missing a 32-yard field goal and also going for it on fourth and two at the goal line before the half ended and barely losing that game. Are the Colts ever going to draft a quarterback? Why do they keep doing all these retreads with these guys that are over because the Because there was nobody there. They're stuck. Again, this is a bad situation not to have a quarterback. You've got to get the Matt Ryans or something. They're, that's why Derek Carr gets a new contract or the extension in, in Vegas. The quarterbacks aren't there. They, they you did. saw one first-rounder. But they weren't going to take a flyer on a Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or somebody in the second, third round, right? They're not enamored by him. They're not big into the quarterback situations. Matt Ryan's what they thought they had to go with. Again, that team, that team was ready to roll with Andrew Luck, right? He was the comeback player of the year. You know, they they made the playoffs. They played the Chiefs. Andrew Luck decides to walk away. That hurt that team. That killed that team. Because that team was ready to rock. They were building pieces around Andrew Luck. And then he walks away, obviously, with the injuries. But besides that, that was a team. Chris Ballard, I like him at GM. But that was a team ready to rock, man. Statistically, his best season, almost. Yeah. His top one or two season, then he's just done. But that was a good football team. But you walk away, and then Carson Wentz cost him games. He did. I mean, go back and watch some of those games. Throwing the ball at the one-yard line in the zone, straight up in the air, getting picked off for a touchdown. Losing to the freaking Jags. To get into the postseason. Remember when the Colts, around week 10 or 11, people were talking, you don't want to play this game in the postseason. Because they were playing good football. But then they didn't make the postseason. <laughs> but I'd watch them this year. Because you got to have a dark horse. The Colts are the dark horse every year. And it's never the Colts. Okay, well, who is it then? Because I'm going to talk about this next because, but once again, the Chargers, it's Bills. It's always the like Colts. The Last year it was the Browns. But who's this year's Bengals? I don't know. Or is it going to be the Bengals because they're still getting disrespected? Like, who is this year? Because the Bengals, because here's the thing with the schedules when they come out, like we are all talking about the schedule release. The thing I like is like sharp football that goes by what the Vegas over-under is because that means more for this season than what you did last year. Because what you did last year doesn't matter. Hence the Bengals. They showed up on people's schedule and they brought your schedule strength down because they were a four-win team the year before. The next year, they go to the Super Bowl. It definitely brings up their cachet. But who is that team? Or is it going to be the same group of teams it's coming out of the Chiefs or the Bills or the Ravens make another run or the Bengals get back there? Who is it? Or is it a dark horse? That's why I say dark horse, you got to take a team like the Colts that didn't make the postseason. That would be my, quote, dark horse. I would take the Browns and Deshaun Watson, but he's going to miss some games, probably. Do the Ravens count as a dark horse? They didn't make the playoffs. They finished last in their division. But no team was injured more than they were. Like, no team was. I mean, seriously, that's a good division. 
especially when Watson's playing all the time. Because think about the quarterbacks you got in the division. Lamar Jackson, former MVP. Sean Watson led the NFL in passing yards before last year. And you got Joe Burrow, who's been to the Super Bowl. That's a good division. The Bears. And you got Mitch Trubisky. So that's what brings it down. So the Bears in the NFC. I'm taking the Eagles. They were a playoff team last year. I think they're going to get better, and I love their wide receivers. I thought making the playoffs, you couldn't be a dark horse team. Well, What are the okay. rules? They're okay, malleable. that is the rule. All right. Okay. That's all right. a good rule. All right. all right. But in the AFC, I'm going Colt. What's your AFC? I asked you the question, AFC, not NFC. Oh, well. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. It's tough. I kind of want to go with the Jaguars. You get a oh, competent, my God. What? You get a competent head coach in there? Trevor Lawrence or the Dolphins. The Dolphins are the next logical one. If you were going to ask me NFC, yeah, oh, yeah, it's true because they've been knocking on the door. Yeah, I mean, if they think two is legit and they got weapons for them, like if it's going to be a year for the Dolphins, it's going to be this year. If you were going to ask me the NFC, two teams that didn't make the postseason, I think could make a run this year, I would say Saints and Vikings. I'd say the Saints and Vikings would be the team you'd say because, you know, someone's going to make the playoffs that didn't the year before. New head coaches, too. Yeah. Usually there's at least one new head coach that everyone's like, oh, this guy, he's he's legit. Yeah. Everybody always thinks everybody's legit until you prove that you're not. Coming up next, I'll tell you who some of the talking heads are picking in the National Football League next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to Bink Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, producing the operation. Warren Sharp of Sharp Football tweets out, and Grant uh, seen this like I did, and he thought it was funny, and he shared it with me, but the uh, list of playoff teams <laughs> to last win a playoff game. Here's just some of the uh, ones that haven't won one for the longest time. Detroit has not won a playoff game since 1991. Think about that. 91. That's 31 years, man. <laughs> I mean, 
it's three decades. How do you not win a playoff game in three decades? Everybody's on the same playing field. The Dolphins, the second biggest drought in the NFL, they haven't won a playoff game since 2000. Vegas, 2002. The Commanders, 05. Chicago or the Jets, 2010. So it's been 12 years since the Bears and the New York Jets. The Giants haven't won a playoff game since 2011. So there you go, Grant. Two, two, both New York teams. Well, Buffalo is actually the only team that actually plays in the state of New York because the other is New Jersey. But the Giants and the Jets, it's been a 10-year drought for both those organizations, 11 for the Jets. That last playoff win was a, was a pretty good one for the Giants, though. Oh, it was I, a very I, I good one. I think they'll take that. It was a very good one. <laughs> it was a very good one. But still, that's a long drought, man. Especially for they don't necessarily have forgiving fans. Like, they're not, they're not okay with – I guess they kind of might be okay with it. That town has not got a lot of perennial winners anymore. Well, two of the longest droughts or several of the longest droughts happen to be AFC West teams. Um when you, when you sit here and look at, you know, the Vegas Raiders, 2002, the uh, Denver Broncos, 2015. Again, that's the last year they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, two of them on the clock is some of the uh, biggest uh, playoff droughters. Uh, the Rams, uh, or, excuse me, Chargers won one uh, playoff game just a couple of years ago. What was that? That was uh, the 2018 season. I believe it was, uh, I think the game was actually played in 2019 where they won a playoff game. But that is a major drought for the Detroit Lions. It's almost comical, to be honest with you. It is comical to think of 31 years. And it doesn't look like it, it's... I, I can't believe they never won one with Matt Stafford. They didn't. They couldn't even win a wild card game That's or anything. That's the crazy thing about it. Then the guy wins the Super Bowl the minute he gets away from you. Uh, but you think a quarterback as good as Matt Stafford, they can luck their way into a wild card win every once in a while. You would think, but it's the Lions, man. They never even... Yeah, that's nuts. And they, they never seem, even they made seem the satisfied with what they got. Grant. Well, uh, Vern's going on over the air, Grant, so we'll do something with that. But uh, Vern's going over the air. So, But K.J. Wright, former players on NFL Network right now, uh, he picked his team for the AFC West as we had Lewis Riddick picking the Chiefs. Here's uh, K.J. Wright and who he thinks is going to win the division. They're not. And when I look Ooh. at when I look at the offseason they put together, I, I didn't like it. Look at leave, letting Tyreek Hill leave that building is going to take some time to overcome. You cannot just let him leave the building and expect to still be number one in that division. Who's number one is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. That's who I have as number one. And when you look at the offseason they put mm-hmm. together, bringing in Josh McDaniels, he is the quarterback guru. He has a blueprint to getting guys to the Super Bowl. And when you pair him with Derek Carr, you bring Derek Carr's favorite weapon in and Devontae Adams. I cannot wait to see those guys go to work this year. And then on the defensive side, we haven't got to defense, bringing the best, in my opinion, pass rusher and Chandler Jones, pairing him with Max Crosby. This is going to be a fun time to watch. And so the Raiders are number one in this division. So the Raiders there, and it's interesting because The Raiders, they actually can play the disrespect card. They could play the disrespect card if they've been disrespected because they actually did make the playoffs last year. That, that, was, that was a weird deal. I mean, you get the special teams coach, the temporary coach, who's back doing special teams now with the Green Bay Packers, Rich Dazio. But then they had a situation where two of their first-round picks in 2020, the Henry Ruggs incident, Damon Arnett released from the team. These are first-round picks they had in 2020. But yet they were the team from the AFC West to make the postseason, and they get no love, no run except K.J. Wright picks the Raiders. And here's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, 
who he's taking. I was pumping that old Chargers theme song this morning, Ryan. Where are the Chargers? <laughs> it's coming. It's their year. They got a top six quarterback. I don't trust Denver yet, even though they have the acquisition of Russell Wilson. He's got something to prove. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are a little flawed, even though I just pumped them up. And then the Raiders haven't won the division since, like, boy bands were popular back in the early 2000s. So the stage is set for the Chargers. They got the best offensive personnel in the division, and the defense just loaded up with free agents and draft picks. They're going to be a lot better. So he's going Chargers. Again, everybody goes Chargers each and every year. But, again, I'm waiting for someone to do it. We can talk about it all we want, but they got to do it. And the one thing with Chiefs is as long as Mahomes is here and with Andy Reid, who else in the AFC West? Look at the coaches. Nathaniel Hackett, Josh McDaniel, Brandon Staley. Again, you're talking about no playoff victories with these coaches. You're talking about Andy Reid being head and shoulders better than any other coach in this division. You're talking about Andy Reid who's absolutely owned this division since he's been in Kansas City. Guy averaging 11.8 wins per year in the last decade with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for um, one of these guys, one of those, somebody give me a reason why these head coaches. Now, I wanted to believe in Brandon Staley. Like, I'd like to believe in him. But I don't believe in him putting his team at a place. They, they don't get criticism. But I'm curious what Herbert and some of those guys would say about Brandon Staley, if he if he ever gets run, like did he cost him games going for two or always going for it? Like did he cost him games? And I'm curious what their real thoughts on him would be. He's a popular guy. The guys like him. He's a player's coach. But I'm kind of curious how that would work out. I always like Brandon Staley. I think I mean, he's he a likable guy. He seems smart. But you know, here's McDaniel's. His two years in Denver, eight and eight and three and nine. Because he got fired. Finished second in the AFC West in 2009. 2010, he was fired when he goes 3-9. and nine. Not exactly lighting things up in the division as far as the coach-quarterback combination. Vern, by the way, wanted us to, to remind everyone that before that 1991 playoff <laughs> victory for the Lions, the last playoff victory came back in, in I think she said, 1956. Oh, so that was Vern chiming in. So I was wondering why Vern was. A yeah. c- couple of lengthy droughts there. And Matt Campbell doesn't seem content on getting a quarterback. He thinks he's, you know, thinks it's. I mean, the quarterback he's got made it to a Super Bowl. Again, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco is better than Trent Dilfer. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But I mean, let's be honest. Both Ravens quarterbacks. He thought you had to be elite. Yeah, you do have to be elite at one area. You can get by if you're elite, elite, elite at one area, like the Ravens were on defense. But yeah, the uh, the last uh, playoff win for the Lions, January fifth, nineteen ninety two, and the previous playoff win before that, December twenty second, nineteen fifty seven. They were on a hell of a roll in fifty seven because they won two. Whoa, whoa, my goodness! Detroit Party City USA in nineteen fifty seven, and they beat the Giants in the championship game when they had one playoff game in nineteen thirty five. 1935, and they didn't make the postseason again until 1952. Roaring 50s, man. Don't sleep on the Lions. I actually visited before they moved in to Ford Field. I actually had visited their old stadium, the Silverdome. And uh, as I was walking in, I got to meet the great Wayne Fonts. Remember Wayne Fonts? 
You don't remember Wayne Fonz? I have no idea who that is. I once drove to Minneapolis to watch Barry Sanders run. They were playing the Vikings. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get in the car and go. It's a long time ago. You know, it's obviously Barry Sanders has been out for a long time. But I thought, you know what? I've got to at least see Barry Sanders one game of his. So it drew me to a Lions-Vikings game. Do you have a good game? Yeah, he did, actually. Nice. When didn't he, though? That was <laughs> When didn't he? The only thing about Barry was there'd be sometimes he had like three yards going to halftime and ended up with 138. Can you imagine if he would have been on a better team? Or a competent team, even? Like, he retired too early. We all know that he would have been the NFL's all-time leading rusher. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he would have been. But if Barry Sanders, listen, the legend of Barry Sanders, I mean, just how good he was at Oklahoma State, Barry Sanders is a legend. But imagine if he would have rings to go with that legend status. Like Marino. You know, never got that. At least Marino went to a Super Bowl. But Barry Sanders might be the best player ever to have never gone to a Super Bowl. I can't think of another. I would say Marino, but he went. Best player ever never to go to the Super Bowl is Barry Sanders. Now, I know you've gone back and watched his clips and highlights, Grant. Sure, yeah. And he's been on, you've seen NFL documentaries and top tens. Sure, I've seen Barry Sanders highlights. I've never seen a game. Is there anybody you'd get in the car and go watch? Because I was a kid, or not a kid, but I was in my early 20s. Probably not a football player. Probably not. Who? Who would you get in the car and drive for? I need to go see LeBron James sooner rather than later. Well, you could do that at Oklahoma City. Yeah, I know. I just haven't. I'm just trying to think of people I would do that for specifically to go out of my way. There's still a chance to see a few goats, you know? You still see Tom Brady, but. I have no interest in seeing still Tom see Brady. Tiger Woods. Still see Nick Saban. <laughs> well, we'll be seeing him in the college football playoff. I'll have to go once K-State makes it. Uh, but ESPN ran its numbers as far as over-under totals, and the Chiefs one shocks me. That next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. Now, what I was talking about was the... uh, Speaking of Lions, and I know that we're spending way too much time on the Lions, and I apologize, but Lions head coach Dan Campbell, which 
remember I was telling you about uh, all the personalities were in college football? Well, Dan Campbell, to me, is an NFL personality that no one's going to care what he says. I do, though. I think it's funny. Like, I actually started to like Dan Campbell last year. I did. I mean, he says some off-the-wall stuff, but it's like I'd play for that guy. <laughs> he's, just, he's just funny. But he made the comment that uh, an elite quarterback isn't necessary to have sustained success, which is total BS. You can't have sustained success without an elite quarterback. Look what can happen to you. Look to our friends to the West, the Denver Broncos. That team can't even pee straight since Peyton Manning's gone. They can't. They've lost 13 straight to the Chiefs, which is incredibly embarrassing. For a proud football town and franchise to lose 13 times in a league that's basically equal. Everybody shares TV money. Towns like Green Bay and Kansas City and Cincinnati can be playing in Super Bowls against big market teams. Happens more in the National Football League than in Major League Baseball, for sure. That a town like Cincinnati can go to a Super Bowl. Detroit Lions, that metropolitan area, it's embarrassing. But to make comments like an elite quarterback isn't necessary to have sustained success, of course it is. It's like the Chiefs and Mahomes. It's like that little quiz we do all the time, Grant, when I quiz you on players that were here before Patrick Mahomes, the predated Mahomes. And you know the list by the, the bottom the back of your hand, because I ask you every week. And it's Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, James Winchester, and Harrison Butker. Two specialists, one guy on defense, one guy on offense predates Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I just learned that Dan Campbell went to Texas A&M. Dan Campbell, man. And he was on a particular 1998 Texas A&M team that I have a large amount of Oh, animosity right. towards. Yeah, he was so on the one that uh, I hope stopped the Lions the go State. zero and sixteen every year. <laughs> zero and seventeen, whatever. But you, you remember some of the comments? God, I can't even remember what he said. Did he say something about uh, we're going to bite? Um, He's biting kneecaps or bite whatever. kneecaps and stuff. Again, Typical. the guy grew on me. The guy nope, grew on me. Terrible. Typical Aggie. Get out of here. <laughs> They're paying all the recruits too, right? Saban? <laughs> <laughs> so you're on board with Saban here. Uh, who cares? <laughs> I just 1998 hurts. But the bottom line is, and everybody in the NFL knows that you can't have sustained success unless you have a quarterback. You just can't. You cannot come out here and have sustained success unless you have that guy. Because, okay, the one example you could throw at me is the Ravens. Because they were built on their defense. But that was elite. The 2000 Ravens defense, you've and never seen it before in the NFL. 20 years ago. But it was Delford, but they won another one, Joe Flacco. And that was more about him than that defense. Like, he really had a good postseason. I'll give it to league him. league is a lot different than it was 20 he years had, ago. But they had sustained success because of their defense. They were good every year because of their defense. Okay, that's, that's an outlier. I'll give you that one. But, like, Tom Brady. It was him, and then all the other parts moved around him. Ben Roethlisberger was there. All the parts moved around him. So you get that quarterback and you start moving all the parts around him, but you got to have that quarterback. That's why everybody's. That's why this year's draft was so disappointing that so many people needed a quarterback because the fact that what lowest at least three quarterbacks have been taken in the first round in the last six years, at least three, and there's one, and you have to debate if Kenny Pickett's actually a first rounder, or it's the fact that he ended up in Pittsburgh, which is where he played college ball, so they know a hell of a lot about Kenny Pickett. Since he played for the University of Pittsburgh, but 
you got to have a quarterback that sustains the six, and everybody knows that. Like the Broncos didn't want to waste any more time because I actually like the Broncos roster better than I do the Chargers. And this is before J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack ended up Chargers. But I actually like their roster, top to bottom, like their wide receiver talent, like Javante Williams in the backfield. I certainly like their defense better, but now the Chargers have improved that, which, you know what, they should. They have a, de- a guy that was the defensive coordinator from the Rams for one year. It was number one defense in the NFL as head coach and Brandon Staley. But the bottom line is you got to have that quarterback. So everybody's throwing darts for it. So everybody's spending money on it. Everybody wants the Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants that guy that can change your franchise. You want to be the Bears or the Chiefs? Like the, we could be easily talking about the Bills had they not keep throwing darts and got Josh Allen. Because if they didn't, you could be the Bears, who, by the way, haven't won a playoff game since 2010. Or the Chiefs, because they, they picked the wrong guy. So they sealed their fate. They got the wrong quarterback. And a lot of these teams move on. Like Josh Rosen goes to the Arizona Cardinals. They throw another dart, and they go out and get Kyler Murray. I mean, just because you're a first-round player. And the Dolphins, I don't know how long this Tua experiment's going to work. Probably not very long. If he doesn't get the job done with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, a wide receiver, who knows how long. But you got to, if you're going to have sustained success, you've got to have that quarterback to build your team around each and every year. It's the most coveted position in sports. It's the hardest position in sports. It's the guy that touched the ball every time on offense. It is two-minute drills. It is end of the game. It is the one thing you talk about, the quarterback play with the most popular league in the world, the NFL, it's the quarterback. That is the most high-profile position in all of sports is the quarterback position. There's 32 of them in the NFL. And about 10 are what you'd say is above average to elite. In the real elite ones, you're down to Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes. Maybe you can throw Stafford in there because he won a Super Bowl last year. Russell Wilson, I mean, I kind of, last couple years didn't really enamor me with him, so I'm not throwing him in there at all. I do like Lamar, but... He's going to have more postseason success because that's where you're defined wins or lost. But I mentioned um, ESPN ran its numbers for win totals, and too bad this isn't the Vegas over and under. The Vegas over and under win total for the Chiefs is 10.5, but here's the ESPN's fancy little prediction machine. More, way more. What about this blatant disrespect to put the Chiefs at 9.4 wins? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid battery has averaged at least 12 victories at each of the last four years. So they're going to load up. I'm, I'm told they're low-key excited about their sneaky good draft. They feel like they're going to be better. Marquez Valdez-Scanley is going to step up, have a big year. Loss of Tyree Kill might affect them in a game or two, but not three or four games. They're going to win double-digit wins. <laughs> Thank is, you. That is comical. 9.4 wins. Again, Andy Reid averages over 11 wins since the Kansas City. His worst, his worst season in Kansas City was nine and seven. Worst year. Think about all the NFL teams that would love to have their worst year in the last decade being nine and seven. That's the one year he didn't make the postseason, and he was still two games above 500. And now you're giving him the extra game like he did last year. Now he's got 17 games. So it's too bad that's not the over under because that's you run to the bank, you run over to. The state of Kansas, whenever they, because you can't do it yet, even though they passed it, and you bet on the over/under. I still think the ten and a half is achievable to cheat for the Chiefs because they do it every year. They've averaged almost twelve wins the last four years. They're at eleven point eight since two thousand and fifteen, which is insane in the National Football League when everybody's built to beat you. And that's what impresses me most about the Chiefs last year is everybody they've thrown everything at them. Like this Chiefs team is going to be different this year than what you've ever seen because they've seen everything. 
There's not like really the last couple of years they've battled with teams doing something different against them every week, but now they've seen it. The surprise isn't there. It reminds me of baseball hitters when all of a sudden are pitchers when, you know, they're really good at first, but then everybody's on to their tricks and then people make adjustments and then the good ones stay because they readjust to the adjustments like Witt did to some extent. Teams adjusted against even the beginning. He adjusted right back. So, yeah, it separates the good ones uh, from the bad ones. Regardless, I thought that was kind of funny. Coming up next, just to uh, end, the, end the week on a, well, start the week on a fun note, uh, the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban battle, and my favorite quotes from that. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, taking you right up to Josh Vernier. Burns on Deck Show coming up at noon. Royals and Brady Singer against those Minnesota Twins. Who, by the way, and they're not as much anymore because they got an outdoor baseball stadium. They were really, really annoying there for a while. When all their fans would come down here to see outdoor baseball, right? I guess they did the opposite of me going up there to see Barry Sanders play. They'd come down here to watch outdoor baseball. That was the thing? They'd come down oh, here yeah. just to watch baseball in yeah. the sun? Yeah. When they played in the Humpty Dome, by the way, like air would push you out. Like when you're leaving a game because it was like one of those big hefty bag things. But they would come down here because that dome was hot. You know what? Almost cussed. I did. It was real close. Um, a about as close as the last probably two months. But they would drive down here to watch outdoor baseball. And it was really annoying because they were good at the time. But they're going for this first sweep in Kansas City since 2010. Which if you're going out to the game today, be loud. And don't cheer on sack flies either. That's really annoying. I call them sack fly clappers, Grant. What happens is, like the Royals get an out and everybody's, hey! Why, but they then score- somebody scores! And you're clapping still because the Royals got an out, even though they just scored. And then all of a sudden, like five minutes later, when their head comes out of their tub of popcorn, they'll say, oh, how'd they get that run? I thought you meant Royals fans shouldn't clap for Royals sack flies. No, okay. don't clap for the other team's yeah. sack flies. You can clap for the Royals ones. That's that's smart. But please don't clap for the other team's sack flies. They had like two or three last night, too. <laughs> they clapped. <laughs> but the bottom line is, if they make a great catch... Like a great, someone makes a great play, climbs the wall, whatever. If you want to nod to that, yeah, you nod to that. But not to fly out? Yeah, well, Byron Buxton scored on one, didn't he? And on a sack fly by the Twins, it's like, what are you doing, man? I know the Royals got an out, but let's, let's not clap about the out. It was a sack fly. <laughs> I call them sack fly clappers. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. But the Twins fans that would come down here, it's crazy to think that 2010 was the last time that they swept the Kansas City Royals. That stat courtesy of Dave Holtzman over at Bally's. But Brady Singer today, and this is important, this is important for the Royals. It is. Whether you're watching the PGA and you're flipping on the Royals a little bit today, that's the future. Everybody's talking about the 2018 draft class and wondering, all right, where are they at? You know, we got Brady Singer. It's not even a starter. And then he gets shipped back down to Omaha. And then there's Jackson Coar. And, oh, my God, what's going on with the 2018 class? Even though, wait for it. Wait for Jonathan Bolin to get here because I think he's going to Open up your eyes from that draft class. But Chris Bubich, the same thing. 
But Singer's got to be that chance. That's why I got so excited earlier this week when Singer gets the nine strikeouts, has the great game, Melendez going yard, Bobby Wood Jr. going yard again, thinking the future is bright. But they need one of these pitchers to work out. Like one of these guys, like Singer working out has got to help. The organization has the level. When he's out there shoving, the organization is absolutely love what Brady Singer's doing because that's important for him. It's important for him to keep that bad boy rolling. And I'm curious what he can do today. So I'll be watching uh, Brady Singer and, of course, listening uh, to my dude Josh Vernier pregame and postgame as well. Uh, the thing of the week, though, is we kind of uh, start a, a new week here on 610 because it's going to be buried because that's the way things work. They're big deals, and then they turn into non-big deals. But the whole Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban fight, still one of my best coaches. And when this isn't done either. It's just getting started. Nick got insulted, man. I wanted Nick to come right back at him. He, that Thursday afternoon he, when he, he went on the radio he, chance, and he, he but, like apologized. But you know what? Let him regroup. Go back and watch the Jimbo Fisher thing. Like go back and watch it and then come at him. He's got too much pride. He's the head coach of Alabama. He's got more titles than anybody. You That's think the I, GOAT, man. That's like criticizing Tom Brady's quarterback play if you won one ring. That'd be like Stafford criticizing Tom Brady. Anyway, whoa, 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 dude. You, you won one. I've won seven. You think Alabama's just going to get way up for the Texas A&M game? 30, 20-point favorites over a I bet a they're going to murder A&M. And it's in Tuscaloosa. They're, I bet they murder A&M. There's probably going to be things done to A&M that's illegal in 47 states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it looks like it could be bad for Jimbo in that game, at least. I mean, digging his past, say, what about guys that work for I haven't heard, like, one bad thing, though. And I, I know Plaxico does national radio and stuff, Plaxico Burris, because he was at Michigan State when he bolted for LSU. So there might be hard feelings there, but I haven't really heard a lot of coaches, and he's had so many coaches that worked for him that went on to other places and become head coaches. But I don't recall any of them really throwing shade on him, I, except for Jimbo when he went off on him. I don't remember a lot of people going off. Like, it's hard to go off on somebody that's won seven times. Like That's, that's incredibly difficult. Because you better be good yourself, right? I mean, I, I don't know if you're watching 30 for 30 with Saban and Belichick. It was a total, like, football weirdos. Yeah, I've seen part of it, yeah. But the best part of it was at the beginning when Bill shows up to Nick's office in Tuscaloosa, and they get in there and they said, okay, we don't, we don't need the cameras for this, but yet they left the cameras in there. And they went straight to talking about three, four, four, threes. I mean, it wasn't like, how's the wife? You know, how the kids doing? They went straight in. And they haven't seen each other before. They went straight in the three, four, and four, three talk. Like straight into it. Because they thought the cameras were way like, all right, we've got personal stuff to do. Cameras need to leave. It's like, <laughs> what do you do more? You do three, four, four, three. <laughs> I forgot what it was. It was a discussion on defensive philosophies. But it was hilarious because here, here was their chance, you know, he, Hey, what's going on? It shows you how much they love the game. <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, that's so good, man. It's so good. Like, you haven't seen your, your buddy for a while, and Grant used to go straight into it. It's like me not seeing you for a long time, and you and I go straight into radio. Hey, they tighten those breaks up, Jay, or, you know, they still, you're still doing the same, you know, break time or anything. Like, if you went to me with that question, which I doubt would be that, it'd be like, what beer did you drink last? But if you went straight to me on a geeky thing, like, you know. I'd probably just ask you where my breakfast was. Are you still doing like four breaks now? Or are you still? <laughs> <laughs> if you timed it out right, you know, you, you go into some technicality or something like that. But I thought it was pretty brilliant. It just shows you how much the game uh, means to him. So I don't know, we're going to hear some clapbacks. There's no way that he sits there and takes that. 
There's nowhere you win seven of them and you sit there and take, talk to somebody, talk about your skeletons in your closet. Yeah, I, I think those sound bites yeah. will end up on Fine Bomb. Oh. A, a couple of different times. He's not going to forget. Matter of fact, these will be on replay the whole week they play a Seriously. And Nick Saban's not the type of guy to run up the score <laughs> until now. He now has his reason to. And you know what? That's going to be must-see TV. People are going to watch A&M Alabama. They had no desire to watch it in the previous time. Why? Fighting going on. Royals, Twins comes your way. Josh Vernier with Vern's On Deck Show comes up at noon. But Josh Vernier, next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 